0: Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email talk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now, here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email Talk at gmail.com, and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. just just
1: was, you know, anyway, so... <laughs> during this month, instead of focusing on, you know, whatever the issue is and whatever the problem is, I'm dating, several of my cohorts in SLAA are dating. Several of the women in um, our Silver Sisters Talk meeting are dating, we did a dating plan. We were talking a lot about a dating plan last Friday and somebody even said like, what about a dating plan workshop? And this is my answer to the dating plan workshop. I'm gonna invite some women that I know that are dating, that have an experience and that I respect their experience and um, respect the way they are using the tools of the program through their dating experience. And I think that's the that's that is the, the most vital piece of information that anybody can use, dating male or female, is to use your tools of the program. To stay in you know stay with your sponsors, to have your support go to meetings, you know, check in with your sponsor. And then our special guest today is um, one of my very good friends, Sheree. Welcome. Welcome, Sheree. Hi, hi. Hi. And I asked her on here because she recently went through a 30-day um, hiatus or no contact from the guy she was dating. And I know it was really challenging for her. And we talked several times through her experience. And so I wanted to do like, is it a break or is it a breakup? And talk about what your experience was, why you decided to do this, what was going on with you. And um, so let's start there. Like, why did you decide to do this and what was going on with you?
2: Well, during the time that we were uh, dating, let me preface uh, that when I started dating him, I was not working the program. I was not reaching out to my sponsor. Um, I was not staying connected with fellow uh, sister SLAW members either. So I kind of felt like I had it. I walked the steps and I did the EMDR and I did workshops and I did things around my recovery. And then I kind of stopped coming and showing up. But that that was all, like, prior to you meeting. Before. And so when I started dating, I was not um, incongruent with my program and staying accountable with uh, other women as well.
3: How long have you been dating?
2: We – almost two years. Yeah. So I feel like – the first nine months, I kinda was like, I kinda had it. And then after nine months, I didn't have it anymore. And I started seeing like a lot of de- de- a lot of my default characters coming back in to play a lot in uh, the relationship. So before, then, you go
1: on, before you go on, would you just briefly define have it? Like I, I felt like I had it.
2: Like I felt like I was holding my boundaries. I felt like I was um, staying strong in like the commitment that I had to myself. And my, uh, my dating plan, some areas I did not follow the dating plan, other areas I did. And one of them was having my voice and making sure that I was heard. And I got to the point that um, old behavior of not having my voice, not holding my boundaries, um, started to creep back in again around really significantly. I started seeing it around nine months of not working the program and being in a relationship.
3: I'd like to ask when do you consider um I heard you say a dating plan, so that's a program tool. Do you consider this time that you were dating? were you uh, sober versus what your bottom lines are, or did was that eventually impacted?
2: Um right out of the gate uh, had sex too soon um so I got emotionally involved in that area very quickly. And, um, so no, I did not, I followed some pieces of my dating plan, but not all pieces of my dating plan. Um, so definitely can see where, where that fell short. And again, not having anybody that I was accountable to, I feel like that that was probably easier for me to slip into behavior that I have done before that didn't work for me. Um, So after that nine month mark, it kind of, there was like things that would come up and I would would keep thinking like, maybe we need to take a break. Maybe we need to take a break. I'm slowly getting back into law, talking with my sponsor, going to meetings, but I'm still not having like this law sister support around me as well. I'm not really staying real accountable. I'm not really telling all of the truth of what's going on. Um, You know, yes he has red flags, but for me, like what's more important is my red flags that I was not paying attention to and holding myself accountable to.
3: What were some Uh, of those red flags of yours?
2: Where I'm not holding my boundaries, where I'm um, like, I would state my boundary and um, my partner can be there. He can um, come back in and ask in another way and then ask in another way. And after a few times, I kind of just like, give in and um, and by giving in I can see by little by little where I was I was losing myself in um, in the type of relationship that I really wanted to be in and I was getting into a lot of um, kind of combative conversations opposed to just really staying in like how I felt about something. Um, I kind of got into where I was trying to get him to change opposed to me having to change, which would look like me holding my own personal boundaries. And um, so when this opportunity came up, because he had broke up with me, honestly, um, and I said, and we ended up talking and I said, well, why don't we take a 90 day break? And he was just kind of, you know, it's going to be a long time. Like, I'm really going to miss you. And I said, okay, let's do 30 days. And, um, I mean, he texted me like the next day and I didn't respond. I did not block him. Um, I did put him on mute. So I wasn't like every time something came through on my phone, I wasn't looking type thing, but I didn't block him. Um, but he had reached out several times and I didn't respond back. And it was really challenging for me to hold that boundary because that is, that is a character defect of mine when it comes to my love addiction is not holding that boundary. So like for me, I knew I had to hold that boundary and it was so hard. I didn't really know where he was at. I wasn't really sure where I was at, but I knew that I needed, like, I just needed to, to really, again, I felt like I had an opportunity in front of me to start looking at myself in a much harder and um, for me more aggressive way um, than I had been.
3: I love what I'm hearing. Why take a, 30-day no contact instead of ending the relationship?
2: Um, there was something inside of me that knew I wasn't done with him. Um,
1: well, I think that's enough right there. I think, you know, knowing I don't want to end the relationship, but i don't know how to move forward and i did i wanted to i love what i'm hearing too i love that comment and i love the truth and the depth and the richness of your whole the everything that you've been saying so far sheree is like and it's so valuable and i wanted to ask you too like um and come back to the you know why the 30 days instead of ending the relationship but how it sounds like it was really like a a huge learning lesson for you how valuable for you was learning to hold the boundary even though you wanted to talk to him or you know take that call or you know text him back uh
2: for me it was crucial because i had just allowed my boundaries i just went into having no boundaries really anymore. And my behavior that I was doing in that relationship, I wasn't proud of myself. And I knew the only person that I can change is myself. And what I had been trying to do is to get him to change. And so I wasn't sure if like what we were, the pattern that we had gotten into was more of a, just a default of the love addiction, stuff or if there was actually a way for us to get into authentic communication and personally I wanted to to test myself and to see if I could get there and to see if I could do that work cuz this isn't this is work that has continued to show up for me my pattern that I do in this relationship shows up again and again and again and again so I knew I just I was at your house Elizabeth and I met a woman and I started talking to her about the books that she was reading and I told her how I wanted to work on my communication and she referred me to a book called Crucial Conversations. And it's an amazing book. I highly recommend it to anybody who wants to work on their communication. Um, and then it led me into a book around boundaries and then boundary in marriage. And then um, I read one of John Gottman's books and I was doing audibles and the book. Um, that's how I was able to get through like seven books in like thirty days.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna um, ask, how many books did you read in thirty days? It
2: was seven, almost eight, um, and one of them I did twice because I started listening to one the um, the CP uh, the complex CPTS. P, P, I
1: don't PTSD. Know
2: Thank you. Uh, surviving to Thriving. I actually started listening to that on Audible, and I was sitting and writing, like, the things I heard, and I was writing so much stuff. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to buy the book and, like, finish this. So I finished listening to it as the book was coming in, and then when the book got here, I went, I sat back down and listened to it. I mean, I feel like that's all I did for, like, 48 plus 36 hours or something. I mean, I was just like, I just need this information, and it was like my, I found my person, I found what I do in there. Like I always felt like I was defective when I fell into this pattern because it's like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a love addict. And that's, I do this because I'm a love addict, but there's, um, they talk about the inner and outer critic. And, uh, and you've, and I found myself in there. I found what I do. And then I, they talk about the four Fs, the flight, flight, fawn, or freeze. And I found myself in there. And when I heard them talk about the fawn, I was driving in my car and I literally started saying, I'm like, oh my God, this is me. This, this, is, this is what I do. This is, and this is the pattern that you know, my mother took me on at a very young age as her confidant. And I was my sister's protector and I became a little adult too soon. And um, so that, that's kind of the, the basis of how that personality or that um, defect or how we survived in our family uh, shows up in our adult life now. So, um, it just why do
1: you think that was so vital to you though? Because I remember, um, us having a telephone conversation right after that. And it, I mean, you had expressed to me some, um, emotional reactions you had about that. Why do you, do you remember that? And do you remember why it was so vital to you to figure out that's me, that's what I do, and that there's a name for it?
2: Because I, could see that I continue to do this pattern over and over and over again. in not only in a relationship with a, a sexual partner, but in relationships period, I could do that with friends. I could do it with other people. It just wasn't as in your face as with a sexual partner. Right. Yeah. So
1: and from- once you see that, like that listener, once you can name it and you can identify it, you can read it on a page. This is the, the problem. On the other side of the problem is what, a
2: solution.
1: Because <clears throat> you know, I just kept
2: feeling like I was broken. I mean, my first four-step in another program when I was 21 years old, and now I'm 51, so 30 years later, those oh. patterns are still there. And, like, it just... It was like the first time I went to Slaw and I heard people talking about sex and love addiction. I was like, oh my God, there's like an answer to what I'm doing. And then when I saw that in that book, I was like, oh my God, because I kept feeling like I was defective. Like, why can't I get this? And it took me to like a deeper, like a deeper layer. I almost felt like I got to go behind the scenes of the behavior instead of looking at the behavior and seeing me do the behavior and not knowing why I can't stop doing it. And that book, I just got, like, a lot of solution out of that.
3: What I think is so valuable about how you you dove in to the work, first of all, I think that kept you super busy. So, you weren't waiting to see if he was going to call or what he was going to do. Like, you were totally focused on yourself. And I uh, just acknowledge and appreciate that. And then also is you have this question and I know I have it a lot why 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 and sometimes when we're asking the why question that uh, a teacher of mine said like that is a clue that there is a spiritual door to be opened like that is the opening of that and the fact that there are people out there who have seen this behavior enough they wrote a book about it and you found yourself (laughs) in there like definitely means you're not alone and you're very human and there's enough of people doing what you do to be in books about it, which I always find comforting. And then there's solution. And I think about like our program, we might say, well, you know, the solution wasn't in the 12 steps But what I hear is the solution is to getting in action. Like you ask why and then you just start getting into action in a way that seems right to you. And you find a little bit and then you dig deeper and you dig deeper and you dig deeper. And um, my sponsor always talks about like there's gold in different ways. Like it's not maybe just in the 12 steps or in the rooms, but it could be in other things as well. So... I just, um, again, I totally love what I'm hearing. I'm writing these books down. And um, yeah, so. Maybe we can put them in the. um, I will. Yes. I'm I'm definitely going to do that. So, okay.
1: So. I I also wanted to point out that you took that incredibly um, anxious and intense energy of withdrawal of not being able to contact or talk to your qualifier or your boyfriend or your lover, whatever, and you took that energy and you put it into educating yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, what a concept. You know, rather than eating... Or crying or, you know, whatever it is don't you know well, I did whatever. a little
2: bit of that but not too bad. <laughs> I did a little bit of crying and
1: But you but, have to. I mean yeah. and and granted and it's valid, but you it, most it, of it you put it into educating yourself.
2: Right. And some of it was crying over In the beginning, some of it was crying over us, but then some of it, uh, it turned a lot more to crying over like what I was reading about my little girl and how, um, just how alone she was. And I've really been sitting with a lot of feelings and doing journaling this week and um, because he and I have started talking, we've talked once now and we've done a little bit of texting during the days, but we're gonna just talk like once a week for now. I told him that we have to move like super slow if we're gonna try to work this out. And um, but really like observing myself and observing when I I don't want to speak my truth or observing when um, observing myself to know when I need to hold a boundary, but then also observing myself when I don't want to speak up for myself. Um, and journaling about that so right now I'm really watching my behavior yes I'm watching his behavior but I'm also watching my behavior and what I'm doing and how I want to change and it's interesting because with doing that like I'm really sitting with feelings a lot more and my thing before was to run from all of my feelings you know just stuff 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 and then it comes out sideways some way um and I'm really wanting to pay attention be my observer and um and, and tell the truth, tell the truth about my behavior, right? Like tell the truth when I'm not being honest or when I didn't want to say something. And, uh, and that's being honest with myself and then being honest at least with one or two other people, you know, my sponsor and maybe somebody else or whatever. But it's like getting honest about like what's really, really going on with me, like at my core. Yeah. You
3: know, so of, what kind of, of the what kind of structures or accountability, Are you putting in place like when you're thinking about I heard you saying okay it's gonna be once a week I'm not rushing right back in Um, but as far as your support and knowing you know how do you take this knowledge that you've gained and actually put it into practice
1: implemented in this relationship
3: (laughs) so I'm sitting in the
2: morning in that book they have um so I have flashbacks because I am diagnosed with PTSD um so they have like a 13 point if you're having a flashback like 13 things like the steps to get you back like into yourself and level and grieve that part of your past that is pulled up into that situation if if it's a flashback more than likely it's something from your childhood it doesn't have anything necessarily to do with the relationship but the relationship is triggering that feeling for you and it you know instead of looking like something like oh my god i can't believe you did that you need to stop doing that it could look like hey yeah so when that happened like it kind of felt triggering to me or you know but it's not about the other person necessarily changing but it's about me being able to honor like where i'm at say where i'm at and hopefully the other person is respectful of that. And then if they're not, then I have to do something to change that situation. But my job is not to get the other person to change. That's that's a caveat of that happening, right? But the biggest thing is for me to, to speak to somebody the way that I want to. And um, so in the morning, I've been sitting with my morning meditation out of the, um, the SLAW book. I can't think of what it's called right now.
3: A State of Grace.
2: Thank you. Yes. Great morning meditation. I'm going over the 13 steps. And so my goal is to, as I'm going over the 13 steps, like maybe not each day, but every couple of days, like to memorize like the next step, the next step, the next step. So I don't have to actually be sitting and listening to it or reading it that I actually just have them ingrained in me. Um, but my biggest thing is to know right now for me is to know what my critic is telling me whether my critic is telling me I'm ugly, I'm dumb, I'm not worth it, whatever. Because that stuff that I will stuff and then I will take it out on somebody else. So I have to acknowledge like my feeling of how I feel in that moment. Um, and then also know that that is my my critic, my inner critic is my parents, the message that I got from them. And then replace that with like something loving and kind about myself in that moment. And maybe I didn't do something perfect or the exact way I wanted it to, but it's not as much as... I'm working on, you know, not I should have done this, but next time I want to handle it this way. Um, So like shifting that mindset, because I do believe um, as I am working on things and God knows I'm working on things that I will be presented with opportunities to work on those things. So I'm just really trying to observe myself and be present with myself as much as I can all day long. And that's in all my interactions. It's not just with him, it's with my children, it's with uh, Slaw Sisters, it's with clients, it's with everybody, I'm just trying to really observe me and how I interact with every other human being and particularly myself first, how I interact with myself.
1: So there's a couple of things that I see that I know, that I think are um, commonalities between, amongst most women. Number one is that when we are faced with somebody pushing our boundaries, I think almost all of us are in, have been taught to succumb Mm -hmm. and we're not taught how to stand firm. And so what happens, what used to happen with me and what I see happening with a lot of women is it ends in a blow up. Mm -hmm. You either acquiesce and go ahead, walk all over me, you know, you win. Or, you're like what you know, and so I think one of the things that you know in the exchanges that we have had since um, you guys reunited and started talking again was the way that you were dealing with that and what you were going to do and having a plan. You yeah. know, we have to learn how to, you know, do that so that we retain ourselves and don't become a big bitch or you know this raging. You know woman this crazy person but stand firm and said no that's you know i think you forgot i said no to that or you know maybe you didn't hear me when i said this or i just want to remind you that um that's not the way that i want to do it
2: yeah so i um <laughs> i'll give you an example of what happened and again before i text him before we called before i did anything i prayed i got centered I reminded myself who who I want to be, how I want to behave. Like I prefer, I set all of my intentions before going into the situation. Um, and at one point, he had asked me um, if I would come out to see him because he doesn't live in Houston. And I said, you know, that I'm not ready right now. And then we were talking, and then he like asked me again. So after the third time of him asking me, I said, okay. So what you're saying is that you're ready for me to come out whenever I'm ready for me to come out. And he kind of laughed and he said, yeah. And then he hasn't asked me again. So, but it was like, instead of going, I've already said that. And you're not listening to me and blah, 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 blah. Because what he's asking me is that he wants to see me, which is sweet. Right. But then on the other hand, it's like, I could have turned around and bent, you know, my old behavior or, just ignored him, and it would have kept asking and asking and asking. So I would either ignore or blow up. But instead, I addressed it in a way that felt appropriate at the time, and he was able to hear me.
3: That which is a huge for me is awesome. Brilliant. That is amazing. I am presented with that opportunity all the time. I like that there's a third choice. Like it's not just completely ignore or lose all containment there is something in between i love that
1: yeah, she so she acknowledges the man that she loves and she says i hear you and what you're saying what i hear what i understand and then it's like and his little laugh it it shows that he acknowledges it and he got it too mm-hmm. and i love it and it's clear communication and it's not like around it. Well, you know, maybe, you know, she's not going around that bush and beating anything. She's, it's clear. hmm
3: How much, um, let me start over. So, I really, really like that you've been looking at your part. What can you do different? And, you know, a relationship is two people. If one person does a lot of work, that's going to improve things for sure. And, it takes both people to want to be in the relationship and do work for the relationship. I'm just wondering, like, is your your partner, I guess, or person (laughs) in any kind of recovery? Or, how important is it to you that, like, he also be doing something during that time?
2: He is in recovery. He's been in um, an, uh, one anonymous program for twenty years. He's been in another one for a year and a half. I don't want to break his anonymity, but sure. I'll just say he is in recovery. And uh, and I mean, he has a sponsor in both programs. He utilizes them. Um, so I, I like to date people in recovery. I have dated people not in recovery as well. Um, so I guess I I, like, I guess I actually like both, but, um, yes, he, he is doing some work as well. And, um, and he had actually read the, uh, the PT, he, I don't know why I can't say that the complex PTSD book and, uh, about 10, eight, 10 months ago when he was like, you know, I'd really like it if you'd read this Sherry you should read this book. And I was like, no, I don't need that book. And, um, so after all of the books that I read in those 30 days, it was like, it literally like led me to that book. I don't know if it was a reference from another book or something, but it literally led me to that book. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh my God, like it just was like full circle, right? Like, so yes, he is doing work on himself as well.
3: That is super romantic to me. This is the stuff that my romantic fantasies are made of. So... (laughs) nothing's done yet there's still uh
2: work to be done for sure but
1: (laughs) that is the whole reason why we're doing this because it's you know yes you did do a dating plan you went into dating you know maybe not using and i did want to ask before we um before we stop what was the detriment you think of having sex too soon i mean looking at it now is and was it
2: I mean, now, because it's, it, it's all in reflection, right? Right. So it, that tends to be a pattern for me. So it wasn't that I did something different. Um, I think that it, it may have blurred a little bit of lines for me. But like I said, the, for the first like six, nine months of the relationship, I felt like I was holding my boundaries pretty well um, with him. So I don't know that that had anything to do with me, like not holding my boundaries, but um, I mean, having sex with somebody definitely and maybe too soon definitely takes the Thank
0: you for focus off the Sober of certain Sisters things talk as well, podcast. because now you've
2: added that element. Podcast, so
0: it has like another um, thing to talk about or possibly a distraction from like what's really on going Facebook.
2: on.
1: I think that's what next, I mean, it just makes me avoid any type of type of work I see coming up and going like, well, I don't want to do that. Let's have sex instead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I got really, um,
2: well, I was definitely hyper-focused on him and that is a deep, that's a, that's part of the the fawn is that's part of that, uh, that F. So uh, I don't know. I just like reading about that. Just, I was just like, Oh my God, this is literally like, this is, I'm not defected. I can change this. This is, um, they've written a whole section in this book about it. And this is what I do. This is my, my first F. And then you, you can have secondaries, which I can do all the secondaries. But uh, but this is definitely my, my core one that I do. So, right, so
1: if you're going to recap, you, you've run across somebody that is in a dating relationship or about to date, and um you want to give the best advice that you can as far as creating a dating plan following the dating plan and staying in a program while you're dating go (laughs) i would definitely say
2: to uh to create a dating plan and with my sponsor we did um non-negotiables negotiables negotiables, and uh, my wish list and i would Definitely um, do your your baselines. I'm, we're not going to have sex until this happens. I'm not going to kiss you know first. I'm not going to kiss them till this happens, or hold hands, or whatever you are comfortable on. But it's something different than you had done. Because I can already see if I make another dating plan, if this situation does not work out, I will be changing things on that. I will be making things more um, concrete on how I allow myself to be treated in the initial setup of the relationship. And the biggest thing is, um, yes, not to have sex too soon. Get to know the person, and to be honest, because if you're not honest about what you really are, because you're afraid that person's going to leave, but it's who you are, then maybe that person needs to leave. Do you know what I mean? Because, I mean, whether you tell them, you know, if it's if it's a part of the conversation that you're talking about, and it's like, hey, look, I'm in slaw, and somebody's not okay with me being in slaw, then we probably don't need to be together because I need to be in slaw. So if there's you know, there's certain things that are that are deal breakers and if you hide those things and they find out later, I mean, it could or could or couldn't end the relationship. They're gonna leave
1: anyway, yeah.
2: Right. So it's like I mean, if you know, um, it's kinda like, you know, do it after you've been dating a month or three months opposed to a year and a half down the road and then the person's like, I can't live with this and then you've gotta go through major withdrawals and all of that, which
1: is oh. I also like the honesty and then the um, because you know I am dating as well and um, one of the things that's been so helpful in my growth in dating is my my regular check-ins with my sponsor who as we're going through this I'm getting to know and trust more and more and I'm more and more honest with her and that is really helpful for me.
2: Yes I think yes, for sure. Because for me, I can, um, if I don't tell somebody else that I can start lying to myself about the situation and we could also put maybe in the, the deal as well. Um, I've just newly started going, I'm checking out two different meetings in LA ones on Monday nights and it's, um, it's a dating women's, uh, dating discussion meeting. And then on Wednesday nights, it's a, um, they're doing, going through the, uh, sober dating workbook. And I went to that on Wednesday night. So those are just two new meetings that I'm checking out. I may pick one over the other. I'm not I'm not sure yet if I'll keep both, but they're both like on my calendar. And what's cool kinda of cool for me is that it is at nine o'clock at night, so it's like seven o'clock LA time. So it's like I'm I'm home at that time. There's not usually like other conflicts that are gonna get in the way with that on a Monday or
1: Wednesday night.
2: So um
1: because that's a pandemic benefit girl. Yeah. That's yeah, it's a pandemic yeah. benefit. Yeah. we started meeting different people from all over the place and um, learning about different meetings and that is and that's being truthful too because I know that you learned about that from someone else and talking to her about your dating uh, you know experience and you know the using the break. It's a tool.
0: Mm-hmm. you know
1: if you're having issues, it's a tool. It doesn't mean it needs to be a breakup. You know, it's a break, and it is one of the tools that you can use, as well as going to meetings, being truthful, establishing your boundaries, fi- figuring out what is the language around that. How do you tell somebody, you know, no? How do you hold your boundary when they're pushing? Right. Really, really good. To- really, really good information you shared with us today. I so appreciate it.
3: Thank you Thank so you. much for being here. I am yeah, in awe. You are a dating warrior i don't know about
2: that i'm just sharing my experience strength and hope that i've just learned it's all new it's gotta get practiced and i have to implement it and i have to stay on top of it because i see not you know after not dating for two years working my steps doing my emdr going to therapy and then start dating without the program i slid back into old behavior even though I thought I was doing really great and I was technically, and I should have stayed in the meetings as I proceeded through all of this as well. So.
1: Or you went the path that you were supposed to, and you've learned, been able to share all of this and learn so much more. Who knows? You wouldn't have read those books if you had done all of that and learned all of that stuff about yourself and then come here and shared it with all of our listeners, which we Correct. have a whole bunch of, by the way, I just went over the analytics with MG and, um, You know, we so appreciate you, listener. And um, if you like what you heard today, you can email us at talk at gmail.com. You can share this podcast with your friends and and, um, other people that are in SLAA, wherever you are in the world. We know that you listen all over the place. And we just so appreciate you sharing your information with us today.
3: I would like to ask everyone who can hear my voice to tell one other woman about this podcast. Thank you. I
1: challenge you as well. And then email us and tell us you did. Yes, that would be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Tell the next time, all of that stuff about yourself and then come here and share it with all of our listeners, which we right. have a whole bunch of, by the way, I just went over the analytics with MG and, um, You know, we so appreciate you, listener. And um, if you like what you heard today, you can email us at talk at gmail.com. You can share this podcast with your friends and and, um, other people that are in SLAA, wherever you are in the world. We know that you listen all over the place. And we just so appreciate you sharing your information with us today.
3: I would like to ask everyone... Who can hear my voice to tell one other woman about this podcast?
1: Thank I you. I challenge you as well, and then email us to tell us you did.
2: Yes, that would be awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Tell the next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.